Welcome to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast, episode 24. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric. And Eric, the Lakers are the champions of the world. The Los Angeles Lakers are once again NBA champions. Last time they won 2010. You being a Lakers fan, but not necessarily the biggest LeBron supporter. Where, uh, how do you feel in this equation? And also knowing that LeBron won Finals MVP, which we did say on the last episode that it it should have went to Anthony Davis if they were to to win. But I can I I could understand it going both ways. First and foremost, like I, I just want to say this, um, it is a blessing to see that my my Lakers are back. It is a blessing to see that my Lakers are back. It is a good thing that we're back and um, we're back at the finals. I, we won it. Um, it was it was really good to see. I am. Uh, just ecstatic, man. It really hurts a little bit, though. Um, it hurts a little bit, not not necessarily because of um, it wasn't because I am the big I'm, I am one of the biggest Kobe fans out there, right? It, it doesn't hurt that it's not because it's not it's not Kobe or anything like that. It it hurts because Kobe isn't here to see what they've done. You know, um, I think a lot of a lot of what what went on to this Laker organization is a lot of credit to Kobe that we can't give him his flowers for because he's not here. Um, but other than that, man, I, I am very, very happy to see that the team made it back, um, made it to the finals, won the finals, and, and brought that, that, that trophy back to, to Los Angeles. Yeah, and obviously you knew with LeBron winning his fourth NBA title with three different teams now, it's a lot of conversations about where LeBron ranks amongst the greatest of all time and is LeBron the GOAT. And so that, I mean, that question obviously is going to resurface almost once a year, right? Like that's always the, is LeBron the GOAT or who's the GOAT? So with four rings now in three different organizations, not just being on the team, but being the kind of the foundation of the team. Mm-hmm. Do you think, in your opinion, does this put LeBron at the top of the food chain when we talk about all-time NBA great players? And if so, where would you rank LeBron? So let me let me first and foremost let me let me say this, man. I, I the, all of the all of the goat talk. I I think I'm done with it, right? I think I'm truly done. I can honestly sit here and say I'm done. There, there isn't. There, there should be some criterias to kind of determine who you feel is the goat, right? But then also too, um, I just think I'm done because I'm tired of going back and forth, right? Um, is 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 he up there in the Mount Rushmore? Sure. As far as ranking him from top to bottom of the Mount Rushmore, I don't think I want to do that anymore. I think I want to be able to keep them separate because every all of these guys that we talk about that are in there, that Mount Rushmore are great in their own way. 
And I think today and over the past couple days, and I think this finals really has has done it for me, is why do we continue to keep coming back to this? Is he the GOAT? He's up there. I don't think he's the greatest, but he's up there. And that's all that matters, really, and, and, and from my perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as, like, GOAT talk goes, I mean, look, this is something, literally, I could make a point for, like, four different players of being, like, the greatest of all time, right? Like, if we're going off strictly off accolades and being, you know, title, scoring, everything, we can make an argument for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? If Yeah. If we're just going off of legacy and the legendary status, the methodical being, we have to go off Michael Jordan, right? Right. But if we're going off pure basketball skill and just all-around numbers, then we can go off LeBron or Magic. Or if we're going off of also Will and legacy, we can go off, we can say Kobe. So I I think it's different ways that you can do it, you know, as far as explaining or arguing for who is the greatest of all time. But I I think the conversations are always, I think they're fun and I think they're necessary. I, I don't think, I think they're fun at times, right? But I also think one of the biggest problems is, is a lot of the other accolades that we don't, that are not considered defensive player of the year, defensive first team. How many defensive first teams have you made? I, I think a lot of that goes into it too. So when you, I think there's not really, and I think that's the problem. It's not a standard for goat talk. And I think that's what I have a problem with because everything is debatable, right? And like you said, you can say, um, you can you can you can say numbers or accolades that kind of makes it believe that this person is better than that person, but to a certain extent, like when you talk about goats, I, I, I want to look at defensive first teams. I want to look at first team All NBA. I want to look at MVPs. I want to look at finals. I'll, you got to start looking at the whole body of work of that person. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, a lot of people do, and... I th- a lot of people don't, though, and that's the problem. I, I don't know, because I, I think, and also, I think whatever tickles that person's fancy, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, too, and that's when it's a, it's too subjective for me to just be like, you know what, I don't even, I, I think I'm done with it. Well, He's up there. Well, yeah, no, and, and I, like, it's a lot of people who are starting to just lean towards that of, like, I'm not, I'm going to stop comparing him to this person because you know look and, and let's let's be honest lebron what did he say when he right uh what was it uh just a couple years ago i'm chasing ghosts i believe it was when he first got to the lakers right he said i'm, I'm chasing ghosts right which means he's he's chasing something that he probably feels like he can't catch but he's gonna keep doing everything he can and i when i when he says i'm chasing ghosts it, it's basically him saying I'm trying to I'm trying to be compared to Mike, which people probably won't compare me to Mike. Just because and that's the thing. Michael's Jordan Michael Jordan, his greatness is without question one of the greatest things we've ever talked about or seen in sports, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of it's just based off of myth. 
if you think about it because Michael Jordan what what's the first thing people say six six uh six rings and six finals appearances six finals MVPs right that and it's two three peats in there remember he uh retired took a year off came back the end of the next year and then they got eliminated from the playoffs so they didn't make the finals right and people always say if Michael Jordan never retired they they would have probably won 10 like what 10 straight they would have ran off 10 straight or at least eight and I, at least eight. And I think that's the impressive part that doesn't get talked about, though. Like, you hit it on the head is the three-peats. Like, people talk about six, and they just say six. But to do it three, two times, three back-to-backs, backs, like, that's the impressive part. Yeah. Did no one really – I mean, some people say it, and, and we all know they were both three-peats. The, the two runs with three peaks, but at the same time, that is impressive. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's extremely impressive, but this is what this is the thing to me, right? What if Michael Jordan doesn't retire, but they don't win the year that Houston wins, right? Let's say that they, they go to the finals those years, but they don't win the finals those years. Do we still view Michael Jordan the same? That You got to think about that. I, I don't know, man. Um... We we may not. Some people may, and some people may not. I don't get caught up, and I think when I could, when I look at Michael Jordan, I don't get caught up in six finals, six finals appearances, six wins. I get caught up in defensive player of the year. I get caught up in slam dunk champions. I get caught up in first team defense. All I mean, how many he has? You know what I mean? Like it, he's up there as a top defender. Every year in his career. Yeah, third all-time in uh, stolen passes. Right. Like, so I get caught up in those accolades more than six for six. Six for six don't do nothing to me. It does, but it's like, it's an icing. It's like a cherry on top, right, on a Sunday. It's the cherry on top. It's, it's not. I don't know if it's the cherry on top. I think that's the icing on the cake. I, the cherry on top from, the cherry on top would be like the, what what is it? Two-time slam dunk contest winner, you know what I mean? But I, I think that the one thing about Mike, I think is more so like I think it's really his legacy. You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan played in a time where he really he elevated the game of basketball. And the reason I feel like nobody can really top Mike if we're talking goats, and this is just my opinion, but the reason that nobody can top Mike, in my opinion, is what he did for basketball. You know what I mean? He global, like, I'm not going to say single-handedly, but he, like, revolutionized basketball at a glo- like to a global standpoint where everybody around, around the world, not just in the country, but around the world, wanted to be like Michael Jordan. And he's already done it. Nobody else can do that because it's been done. No, I, I take that back. I mean, no, I, I think Kobe... And Kobe pushed it a little bit forward. And where he pushed it a little bit forward was like China. Like, I think he, I think Mike was already probably big in China. And I'm not saying that he wasn't. But I think Kobe might have pushed the envelope a little bit further. They, they looked at Kobe like he was God over there in China. You know what I mean? So I, I think it can be done in a different aspect but you have to walk the shoes of Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant and and a LeBron James type of person to to do that 
Yeah, no, yeah, and this, I mean, and, and I will say this though, look, the one thing that I think LeBron has that like no other, not, I won't say no other, but not a lot of other basketball players really had is just his, his stance and the things that he's doing in the communities. You know what I mean? The yep. things that he's doing for others. Like Michael Jordan, he, he did a lot obviously with his company, you know, and his brand, but he never really got involved with politics and, you know what I mean? Was, so outspoken about social issues. LeBron James, on the other hand, is very outspoken. He's walking the lines of like the Bill Russells, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, guys like that, who are making us like a, a social impact in our communities. Yeah, and I, and I just wanted to kind of this is this is the type of stuff that I like to talk about, right? <clears throat> you talk about Mike, and and this is where I'm not trying to get into the debate of comparing. But you talk about Mike having six six finals, six finals MVPs. You talk about five MVPs as a, in a, in his in his career. You talk about should have been six, right? You talk about ten scoring champs, right? Then you talk about Defensive Player of the Year. Then you talk about his All Star appearances, which to a certain extent, some of these All Star appearances are not Mike's, but some guys kind of are a little bit slighted. And get it, get the nod because of their name, but that's neither here nor there. And then you talk about he was a three-time steal leader. Yeah, but he was third all-time in steals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but I'm talking about in the season he led. He there was three times he led the season in steals. Yeah, he was a nine-time defensive first-team selection. Those uh, eleven All NBA first-time uh, selections. Those accolades is what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, that moves the needle. Championships are okay. They're, they're again, almost kind of, I think championships might be the ISA. Those stats are the, the, the cake. That's the feeling. That's the, where Mike got a, a three-tier level cake. You know what I mean? Like, some of these other guys got, got one level of a cake. Yeah. But that that's it, man. That that's that's what I like to talk when when you want to talk about comparing guys, let's compare those numbers. Let's compare the dominancy. If you're dominating on the offensive end and defensive end, let me find somebody else that's doing the same. Oh, and not to mention that he only averaged what thirty points for his career. <laughs> you you know what I mean? Like, but again, man, back to back to LeBron. I I, I am a big. I am. A, probably one of the biggest Laker, I ain't going to be one of them, but I am one of the biggest Laker critics about LeBron, and I always will be. I've always been a critic of him, um, so I won't change that, but um, he, he 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 brought something back to Los Angeles that I think um, was missed. Um, it, it was needed, uh, and, and it done, it's doing, it's going to do so much more for that city in the game of basketball because of the finals and the Lakers winning that finals. Yeah, no, but uh, you, you talk know. about one second. You talk about Jeannie Buss being the first primary or uh, controlling owner, a woman winning. That's the first woman to win the championship. Like that's huge. In this day and age, where we're trying to push the push the needle forward, we're trying to you know have more equality. Like I think that is a big big deal. Yeah. And right. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and, and since this is episode 
2024, and this is a Lakers Championship Podcast Edition. Well, not the whole podcast. We won't talk about the Lakers in the championship, but man, I think it's only right that I I take at least a minute and a half to two minutes to to say this spew about Kobe Bryant, which I'm not a bit I'm not a big Kobe Bean Bryant fan, and I, that's the first thing I'll admit. Like people going. Kobe was so influential. I hated Kobe Bryant growing up. I did. I was a Sacramento Kings fan. I, obviously. Yeah, no. You, and, should, you should not like, and, like him in that right, but you got the respect. Yeah, no, I, but, and that's the thing. That's like, that's the whole spew I wanted to get into. Like, you know, everything about me never led me to be a Kobe Bryant fan. You know, one, I was a Sacramento Kings fan since I was like nine years old, 10 years old. Two, I was a huge Tracy McGrady fan. And before that, I was a Reggie Miller fan. So and, and when the uh when the Pacers lost in two thousand, I was heartbroken, man. Like I really wanted Reggie Miller to get a ring. Like it's like you ever you ever been a fan of somebody in sports and you really wanted them to get a ring just because like man he deserved it. Like for me it was Reg, like Reggie Miller deserved it. To this day that's why yes. I don't that's why I don't like Paul Pierce because of Reggie Miller. But man, I got so much respect for Kobe, but it wasn't even during the Shaq years, right? Like. And Kobe was a dog. Like, I couldn't deny it. Like, I'm just like, man, like, this guy's... I didn't like him because he was so good. He, I didn't. I didn't like him because he was so good. For the same reason, I didn't like Shaq at first. But I love Shaq now. But I tell you this. This is why I, I gained so much respect for Kobe Bryant. When Shaq left, like, he took on, like, that role of, like, okay, it's my team. Like, he didn't, like, go out and... Like, at, at first... You know, he he was complaining a little bit, but he found a way to make it work. You know what I mean? And, like, the the stories that people tell about Kobe Bryant, like, his peers, the work ethic that he had. Like, Gilbert Arenas on the, uh, on the Knuckleheads podcast, I was listening, and he said that he uh, called the uh, he called the Lakers, like, like I guess, to the building. And he was like, hey, what's Kobe Bryant doing? And they was like, oh, he working out at 3 o'clock in the morning. Gilbert Arenas said he took a taxi, like a, a cab over there, because back then they didn't have Uber. He took a cab over to Staples Center when they were, about, when they were getting ready to uh, play the Lakers. Three o'clock in the morning, Kobe Bryant in there, he said, was wearing like a, a full, like, Laker, like, uniform. Sweating. Yeah, going yeah, through, yeah. going through All a right, full yeah, game yeah, simulation. Yeah. Like, for, like, that's, in, that's intense. Yeah, he said, dude, he said, dude was, he, he said Kobe was like, he he looked like he already had played a game. Yeah, no, he said he literally went through everything that he was going to do in the game. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's insane to me. Like, so for me, like to be like I dislike him. Like, cool, and it's a it's a difference. I don't hate him as a person. Just hate him as a basketball player. You know what I mean? But that's the th- that's when you when you do something, and I feel like and people. I think even if they respect you, people will draw a line of either they like you. Or they don't like you. If they don't feel anything, then you're not doing good enough. That and that's just how I feel. It's just like when I do like a podcast. If people don't have an opinion, oh he sucks or oh he's good. Okay, I've done enough to you have an opinion. If you don't feel anyway, then I need to do so. I need to do better. Right. So and and I think for me, like to say like I hate Kobe Bryant. And when people hear that. They, they like, obviously they look at me weird now because, you know what I mean? Obviously Kobe's no longer here, but I don't hate him in the, I don't know him personally to dislike him as a person. 
I just hate him as a basketball player, but I respect the hell out of Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah, man. Um, it is very coincidence that that they won the finals. Um, here it is. Our, we're at episode twenty-four. Did we plan this? No. Okay. In the, the, the episode, actually, we they they supposed to have won. I guess technically we would have talked about them regardless on this episode because they should have won Game Five, but um, it, it just worked out. Six. Well, yeah, it just worked out that way, man. Um, I, I know that, and I want to just talk quickly. You talked about him, and I want to talk about him in, about in another way. Like people don't understand how really influential. Um, Kobe Bryant was to this championship. Kobe Bryant was probably one of the biggest masterminds of this championship. When you look at um, the Lakers bringing in Rob Palenka, which was a swing and a, a swing and a home run hit with Rob bringing Rob Palenka in, that was Kobe Bryant doing. Um, them recruiting guys like LeBron James was a LeBron. I mean, was a Kobe Bryant doing? Along with Magic, but that was a Kobe Bryant doing. Them bringing back guys like Dwight Howard, who was already here, that was a that was a Kobe Bryant doing. You know what I mean? And and then once you bring all these pieces in, you start to get guys like Rondo, like Danny Green, who are willing to come because they see what's being built, right? And I think often, sometimes, and no, this is not where I want to discredit LeBron James. Often, often, sometimes people say, well, hell, LeBron James bring these guys there. But they come there because they see where the, the culture and the, the team is headed in that direction. And for Le, for Kobe to kind of spearhead that and help that get that ball rolling, I mean, that is just phenomenal, dog. Um, they talked about how uh, one of the pitches for LeBron James coming was – how they treated Kobe as he exited. They gave him a, a bigger deal than probably should have gotten as he exited and gave him the opportunity to say, hey, you either want to leave or you're staying. We're, we're not going to let you go anywhere else. You either want to leave or you, you want to retire or we're going to stay and pay you. And they decided to pay him, and then he kind of walked off kind of on his own. Um, but, man, that... A lot of people just don't know how how much credit he probably deserves for this championship. And remember that he does have a lot of impact on what the Lakers do now and going forward. Yeah, man, uh, good words by brother Eric. Uh, but man, a lot of a lot of other stuff going on around the NBA. Obviously, you know, uh, as we just move away from the Lakers. Man, Tyron Lue, officially a head coach with the L.A. Clippers, signed a five-year deal. How do you feel about that move? Obviously, now with um, Doc Rivers with the Philadelphia 76ers, is Tyron Lue the right guy, in your opinion, for the job? And I, I like Tyron Lue uh, as the head coach now, and I, I'll tell you why quickly. Tyron Lue had the opportunity to coach LeBron James, right? And that was pretty much the only job that he got as a head coach. Mm-hmm. When LeBron left, things went kind of sour, and he got fired. So to go back and be an assistant coach with the Clippers under Doc Rivers, 
which I feel like he learned a lot. But two things. One, he's already familiar with the organization and the players. The players there, I feel like I already have a huge respect for him. Two, he's coached in big-time games, championship games. And if you think about it, he's had more recent playoff success than Doc Rivers. Whether or not you want to give credit to LeBron or not, but he has as a head coach. Yes, as a head coach. He has. He has. You know what I mean? And, and I, I don't want to dis, dis, discredit him because of LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. No, me either. And I think if you go back and you remember that uh, finals run that they had while he was the head coach in Cleveland, he actually made a lot of decisions that were very good basketball decisions. Yep. So I like this. You know, I don't know if I like it for a five-year deal, but I think for a three-year deal, it would have been perfect. But I guess, you know, and how many people really live out those five-year contracts? If he does, it's great for them, but I like the deal overall. But that's where I kind of talked about. I think we, we talked about it. When Doc got the deal, right? Or no, nah, it might not have been Doc. It was Nash. Steve it was Nash. Nash got the deal, and I was like, you know, that's kind of like the norm, right? Just, just a, let's throw a five-year deal out here. Um, if it works, it sticks. Good. If it don't, we'll get rid of you. You know what I mean? And that, that's the just the the mentality that I think the NBA has with their coaches. Um, it also, I think, gives players and the the players on the team and the coach the encouragement of saying hey we're here for you we're here with you let's go build something you know what i mean so they're not kind of looking over their shoulder hey why haven't i I, i'm not getting extension in a couple years so i think that that kind of goes into it but i think it was it wasn't surprising because he already knows those guys he kind of has an understanding of what's going on there. Um, also, I, I think it was it, it, it was something that was needed. Like, he has that championship pedigree. He's been around Popovich. Uh, he's been around Doc. He's been around good teams that, that know how to, to, to win. You know what I mean? And he also had to manage – uh, egos when he had the when he was in Cleveland. So and even then, even as an assistant coach with Doc, he's managed ego, helped manage egos as well. So I think he might have a better relationship uh, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard than probably Doc does. And we'll see what comes. I mean, I'm not surprised by it at all. Yeah, no. Nah, but uh, other than that, Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey resigned, uh, and now they need a new GM. The Houston Rockets, man. Do you really think? That, do you really believe they blow it up? Because you did text me when the news broke today, uh, saying that, that, that they're about to blow it up. I don't know if they necessarily blow it up, but I think I don't. I don't know if they either add a piece now, but I also think it depends on who the GM is now. But they either have to add a piece, or they have to trade out Harden or Westbrook. I don't know if they. I don't know if they let both walk. I think they blow it up here's why Westbrook is making too much money I think his um his contract is very high and I think he's not the 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 contract does not match the play at this point with Westbrook Westbrook is getting paid like a top tier superstar in this league and I don't think he's a top tier superstar in this league anymore you're looking at me like something's wrong. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, you, you are wrong. 
it, Westbrook is a top tier superstar in this league right now. Westbrook is definitely a top tier star in this league right now. If you're talking top ten players in the NBA, Russell Russell Westbrook is definitely a top ten player. What what he? Do you realize that he and he and James Harden this year just were the most successful duo scoring wise in NBA history, right? You realize that Russell Westbrook still almost averaged a triple double this year, right? That don't don't discredit Russell Westbrook because of the narrative of that people throw out there about him. The the guy's a baller and look, he didn't have a, the greatest relationship with Kevin Durant after he left. I get that. But at the same time, like Russell Westbrook wanted to be that guy. Kevin Durant wanted to be that guy. So they clashed. Paul George coming there. Paul George, uh I, I think I don't know if he's a top tier level superstar. No, 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 no. And I don't think I'm not saying that Paul George was, right? But what I'm trying to say is I the money that he's getting paid, I don't think the play matches it, in my opinion. So I I, I don't he he's played at a better level, but you need Westbrook what they needed out of Westbrook, they did not get in the playoffs. Regardless of what you say in the regular season, they did not get what they needed out of Westbrook in the playoffs. Well, he got hurt for I, one series. I understand that. He came back mm-hmm. and he struggled. And part of the struggle was probably because he had been off. And I get that. And I'm not. I'm not trying to say any different between any that that's an issue with his injury and him coming back. I just don't think the level of play. I think he's he's getting max max money. And I don't know if the Houston Rockets are okay with continuing to pay two guys at max, max money, and they're not getting it done. If if you're if I'm a GM in this league, and not because I'm a Laker fan, but I would not pay James Harden and Russell Westbrook max, max money both together. No. No way. That's why I said I think that. I think that they will end up trading one of them, but I don't necessarily believe that they blow it up and trade both. But but here's the thing is I think they I think they can depending on the trade, right? Um but I, I think I think Harton may even want wanna be out. We we don't know, you know what I mean? Like as we saw last year, we saw Paul George force his way out of OKC. Right? Paul George forced his way out out of OKC because he didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, but I think that's also two different things, right? And I think it's two different situations. It is, but it isn't, right? I'm not saying it because it's what I'm not blaming Westbrook by any means on this. But what I'm saying, they trade hard. Then, if, if I'm going into this offseason, Rockets have to trade Russ no matter what. I think he's the odd man out no matter what. Yeah, but I, 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 it's one thing when you like the whole Paul George wanting out of OKC. Like I kind of get that, but I also think it was more to it than we know. I, I really think it that, is more I, to I, it than we know. I because- think that I think that he kind of knew like where the uh, I think one he knew where the organization was kind of going. Right, he knew they were going leaning more towards the rebuild, and I think he knew because him and Russell Westbrook have a very, very, very good relationship, and I think that he knew that Russell Westbrook wanted out. So I think for him, he kind of like, you know what, let me get out of here before Russ go. Because if I'm stuck here for this rebuild, nah. Because, you know, he he tried to, or they tried to do that to him 
when he was with the Pacers. He wanted no parts, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I and he got the and he got to go back to L.A., which benefited him. I, and I agree, but this is the same thing I'm saying in the, the scenario with the Rockets. If if James Harden is okay with leaving and going to a team like Philly in a trade, Russ, I think in my mind, Russ is gone no matter what, right? And if James Harden wants to go, James Harden's gonna go. Uh, I think a potential suitor is Philly for him. Still, even though um, Doc got the job, and then I think Russell Westbrook is a team like the, the the New York Knicks is a team for him. I think New York's looking for a big name guy. They're probably at this point willing to overpay a guy to get a big name guy to help sell tickets. And what better way to pay a guy who's already getting paid? In my opinion, getting overpaid anyway. Come come to New York and let's see what you can do. Well, I'll tell you this. James Harden, two reasons why I feel like he's not going to want to leave Houston and go to Philly. He loves Houston, but yeah. Warm weather and strip clubs. He not yeah, giving, that's what I'm saying. He's not, he not giving that up. <laughs> Everything's big in Houston. Yeah. So, I mean, Texas, but yeah. so he, he probably won't, but. It'll West, be interesting to see, though. It'll be interesting to see. That's interesting, though. Like the whole Westbrook to the Knicks thing. Like I kind of dwelled on it when you when you texted to me. Like I and I think about it because I'm like it makes perfect sense. It does, right? It does. Because the this will be probably be the closest player that Tom Thibodeau will be coaching since Derrick Rose. Like two or two Derrick Rose. Think about it. They, I mean, it's this very similar style of play. Yeah. Very explosive. Cut to the basket. Not, I mean, not great shooters, but, you know, they'll jack up some shots and hope that a lot of them go in. Mm-hmm. But it's a high-risk, high-reward type of player, right? Yep. So, and, and the one thing that, that Tom Thibodeau does probably better than almost any coach, defensive strategy. And Russell Westbrook plays defense. Yeah. It's I not mean, always good, but he plays it. Yeah. And he and he has that 100, it's 100% or zero. That's all Russ can give. Uh, it's either a hundred or zero. Yeah, I, I I think it's a good fit for him, man. I, I think it's it, they're they're looking for somebody, and I think he he would be a, he'd be a guy that can give them exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, but I just I don't. My biggest question would be what will, what will they want in return? What will the Rockets want in return? Will they go for like the like because you know they have the number eight pick this season in the draft. Will they give up the number eight? Like, will the Rockets be like, okay, just give us the eighth pick and Dennis Smith Jr. and you can have Russell Westbrook? I think a lot of that will factor into play, too. Yeah, a lot of that will factor into play of that. But then you got to also think, too, like, from a perspective of, like, uh, New New York is is almost willing to overpay, overtrade, whatever. Well, it's because that's what they do. They're notorious for it. Well, they, they're trying to get back to having the mecca of basketball be something to watch. And they've been trying to do that ever since Melo left. Yes. So their desire to try to fulfill that is very, very high. And they swing and miss in free agency every year. So to 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 get hungry and say, all right, well, we got a guy like Russell, Russell Westbrook Let's go over trade for him. He's already in, in my mind getting over uh, overpaid a little bit. Let's let's go get him. He can still get his money because he's already been given a contract. 
and then we can sit here and try to build around him. But the thing is, is is or if you're a GM owner, are you um are you willing to build around Russell Westbrook? I, I in my opinion, I cannot build around Russell Westbrook if I'm a GM or uh a owner. Well, I don't, don't want to do that. Well, technically, wouldn't the Knicks be building around RJ Barrett? Because I mean, they still got RJ there. If they can keep RJ Barrett there, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so technically, they would be building around RJ. Like, but Russ would just be the guy to come in and kind of show RJ to, and help RJ out. Because I think RJ is is he has the potential to be a, a very 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 good player, like almost top ten player in the NBA. Yeah, but he, I, he has a high ceiling. I think. Yeah, and and I think and which is crazy because I told everybody uh, in or going into the draft that I thought he had a higher ceiling than Zion, which I still believe that, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, he's. I think he's more talented basketball wise than yeah, Zion. But I, I think having a guy, uh, an experienced uh, superstar like Russell Westbrook, would benefit him a lot. Now, this is the only concern I do have, though. I do like Tom Thibodeau as a coach. However, wasn't that impressed with what he did in Minnesota? Like that, that last run he had as a head coach, I was like, ah, uh, because it got stale. You know what I mean? Like he lost, he lost Derrick Rose, and it's like he didn't know how to coach anybody. Like Jimmy Butler was a very good player. Why couldn't he get? What the Miami Heat got out of Jimmy Butler? That's what I want to know because they had he had Carl Anthony Towns too on the but, same team. But a lot of that is a lot of that is who you have around you, right? Yeah, I think Carl 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 Anthony Towns was a guy who could not who did not want to be a number two. I think he wanted to be the guy, and I think at the time Andrew Winnegans wanted to be a guy, right? He wanted to. So when you put Jimmy Butler around guys who want to create a name for themselves and want to create a name for themselves as a superstar versus the grit, grimy, I, I'm going to grind and work hard like he has with Miami, that's a whole different thing. So now you're getting Jimmy Butler pissed. I mean, look, Jimmy Butler was suspended from practice. when He got thrown out of practice. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that... He couldn't mess well with those guys. He messed well with Tim Thibodeau, but in the system and the offense that they were trying to do, but they tried to always go through um, towns, and, and, and it's, that wasn't effective. As we see now, Jimmy's not there. They're going through towns, and towns isn't effective. Andrew Wiggins is gone, and they're rebuilding. And... Towns probably, unless he leaves there, will never get a championship, never probably get close to competing for a championship because, in, in my opinion, I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he's not that dude like that. Yeah, nah, but you know, it's crazy, though. You say that, but it's a lot of people who believe that they're going to try to get the uh, the big – it's a big three that a lot of people are talking about going to – being in Minnesota, and that's uh, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns – and potentially Devin Booker. So if I think if they could get a team like that together, that's scary. Well, that's a, that's a team that because you know I think all three of them played together in AAU. And Towns has to realize that he he's he's if that happens he's not the best player on the team. Yeah, no. If that happens, I mean Devin Booker, Devin Booker is, is the best, best player, player on the team. team. Yeah, right. So I, I mean I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to watch though. And and I think you're kind of right. About the whole uh, the Jimmy Butler thing yeah. and him being around guys who want to be the guys yeah. versus guys. I mean, because when 
with him with the Miami Heat, he's around guys who will listen to him. Not not only that, dog. Like when you when you look at Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler just look, walked around looking like um, Django the whole the whole bubble season, right? The whole bubble, Jimmy. He, he's a real dude. You know what I mean? Like he he's not worried about anything else. He's worried about being grinding hard and winning games and doing what it does at all costs, right? Yeah. yeah. And not only do you have to grind hard, and that's what he was hoping out of Towns and Wiggins, but you you can't just talk the talk. You have to walk the walk with him as well. And that's what I think these young guys in, in Miami is doing that's different than Towns and Wiggins did. But also, if you look at the situation, right, it's, it's way different from the guys he's playing with in Miami to Towns and Wiggins, right? Because both of them are like top five picks, right? right? So they're not only they don't only have to win, but they have to live up to the name or the hype that that surrounded them coming into the NBA. Yeah. Tyler Harrell was like the number fourteen pick. Like nobody knew he was gonna be a lottery pick. He didn't know he was gonna be a lottery pick. Then you got Bam out of Bayou, who was like everybody's like he's a very good athlete. Like he can dunk. You know what I mean? Like, he was known in Kentucky for, what, his ability to jump and block shots. And just, you know what I mean? And dunk the basketball. Jimmy Butler secretly and Eric Spolstra turned him into a very good basketball player. Right? And so I I think the situations are kind of different. Like, so him being around Towns and Wiggins, yeah, because both of them feel like they have more to prove than just, look, we don't only have to win. But we have to show that we were worth top five picks. So I think Cat was the number one pick. But but you don't have to. We listen. Winning to a certain extent, winning cures everything. Winning also hides a lot. As long as you're contributing and winning, they're proving their worth. And that's what young guys that come into the league don't understand is. It ain't always about what you want to do. It's not about you personally. It's not about your personal accolades. It's about doing what's best to for the team to be successful. Yeah, no, but I also think that a lot of people, when they look at those personal accolades, they look at, oh, man, look at my brand. What's my brand? I got to get, you know what I mean, like the marketing standpoint of it or marketing aspect of it, shall I say. Like, that stuff, all that comes in into play, right? And then you got people probably around them, like their friends telling them, like, oh, man, you were the number one pick. You the man. It's your team. You know what I mean? But at the, at the same Eagles. time, I get what you're saying. But at the at, at the same time, like, and those guys were younger. You know what I mean? They were young. So it's, it's hard to really sometimes it, get younger it, guys to dial in. And like they that. don't understand and grasp that you have your whole career ahead of you to get the individual accolades and to make a bigger name for yourself in a bigger brand. But winning comes with a brand. If you win and you you go to the championship, you go to the finals and you possibly win that finals, that that comes with brands. You you're a walking brand once you win the finals. Yeah, but I I don't know, man. I I think it's 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 weird because remember Wiggins got drafted by Cleveland, right? And then it was he was in a position where he was like, okay, I'm the man. But then he got traded, right? Yep. He got traded to Minnesota where he was supposed to be the man and they were going to build around him again. But then they get Cat. Cat, the number one overall pick. So Cat, he come in like, oh, I'm the man. Like, you know what I mean? So and I think 
that from that standpoint, and it's, that's already two young egos. So it's not just egos, but it's young egos, guys who want to be the guy. Because every at the end of the day, let's be honest, these guys are still fighting to get that that big second contract. So, uh, is Wiggins gonna settle for the okay? Well, we'll give him just a middle of the run second contract, or he's like, man, I need max money. Like, so yeah. guys want max money. Yeah, I get that, but you also have to think about like your max max money is coming in in your third contract right your big time money is coming in your third contract if you're playing at a high high level if right? you make it to a third contract because injuries make, happen yeah injuries do happen and i get it but you win winning does everything and these with these young guys gotta understand buy into whatever the veterans you have around you try to win along with your coaches and you can make a name for yourself when it's when it's time. That if if you look, Kobe pushing to want make a name for himself to a certain extent was like great timing, right? Shaquille O'Neal gets traded and does what? He wins an MVP. He wins. He wins the finals with Dwayne Wade. Plays a decent part in that finals, especially in the playoffs. But never didn't play much in that play in a in that regular season and kind of plateaued from there, right? That was perfect timing for to a certain extent for Kobe to say, "Hey, I want to be the man now." It's all about timing, I think, and and, and timing. And I'm gonna say this again later in this podcast when we start talking about um, college football and we get into some of the NFL stuff. But timing is everything. Yeah. Well, speaking of. Speaking of timing and speaking of uh, college football, I think it's a perfect time to jump into college football as we perfect wrap segment. up the NBA. Yeah, uh, but man, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID and is officially out off of the sidelines this week for Alabama. Steep game, but also COVID has also impacted the University of Cincinnati as they postponed their game against Tulsa, and I believe they are playing December fifth now. Uh, but yeah, after players players tested cop positive for COVID, Florida Gators and LSU game got canceled. Um, because Florida has a lot of COVID uh, testers as well. Um, it, it's it's crazy. College football is crazy. I want to get back to Nick Saban for a second. I think a couple things. It's either. I. I I don't know what to think about this. And here's why I say this. Nick Saban is one of those guys that's very, very hands-on. Very detail-oriented. He's he's also one of those guys that you can probably ask him to coach anything on the field, and he can coach it. There's not a lot of head coaches at the college level or the pro level that can coach either side of the ball, special teams, whatever you ask them to coach. As a position coach. So his his nuance and understanding of the game just is that very high. But he's also, I, what I'm hearing more and more is he's also like he has his stamp on everything that they do. Um, practice. Um, individual practice times where some of these guys are going through drills and things like that. Like the other day, he was able to tap into the camera feed for practice. And phoned in to an assistant and said, hey, they need to redo these drills or they need to do that. 
that's somebody who's like control of their own ship. And I don't think none, some of them guys may know how to control that ship, but they may lean on saving the control the ship as well. So I don't know what that does for them this week. They got a big game this week, and I I don't know if they can overcome him not being there. Yeah, look, I'll say this. Uh, Georgia's tough, right? Georgia's a really tough football team. But I'll tell you one thing about 2020. This is probably the first time since I was seven years old, six years old, when I really first started to watch and understand college football, right? This is probably the first time I can say that. It's it's not that I don't watch it because I watch college football, but I just watch it and it's not like it's not like I care too much about a, a lot of things that are going on because it's, it's no fans. Like fans play the biggest one of the biggest parts of college football. Like that's part of the college football experience. Watching watching the game, watching the fans, seeing the student section. Because if they're winning, it's going crazy. If if the home team's losing, everybody's gone. So I, like that's the stuff that plays a part for me. I watch it and I and I I care, but I don't to a certain extent because it's probably the most ridiculous time that I can remember in a long time. I I think probably probably part of your problem is one, we're not getting good. We're getting some good games, but we're not getting the good cross conference games that we're accustomed to seeing. Like, by now, there are some good crossover games, and we're like, okay, there are some good top 10, top 15 teams playing each other. But now it's like, all right, Alabama's playing Mississippi State. Um, Alabama's playing um, Kentucky. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't, The games that we care about in November. Right. Yes and no. Like, the games we care about in November would be – Alabama versus Georgia. LSU versus Alabama. Yeah, Alabama playing Georgia this week. Auburn versus LSU. Like those kind of, those four. But then we gave them enough time or they had enough time to build up the excitement for the game too. Like they would have gotten better. Like an Auburn team who kind of doesn't look like they're they're that really good. LSU for another another team as an example. They they don't look like they're that really good. But you allow them to play some of the cupcake teams that they start off with, some of the out of conference crossover games that they play, and then you allow them to get into the in conference games. They start to gain confidence and the guys that haven't been playing are starting to gain more confidence in being on the field because they have probably been on the field. Um, so I, I think some of that also plays into that aspect of the game that we're not getting to see because we're basically saying, hey, go play these big games to a certain extent, some of them early in the season. Everything leads me to believe that either Clemson is going to win this college football championship or is it gonna be like some random team? It's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a two loss team or a one loss team to win the national championship this year. And it won't be Alabama. And I'll tell you why. Because 
it's too much inexperience at the quarterback position for them. And I think the way that they, the way that they transition, which I really like Najee Harris. He's a, an amazing running back. But the inexperience that they have out there at quarterback and the, the way that they've gone to the spread and they depend so much on the pass now, I can't really buy into it. The defense is still pretty good. It's not the best Nick Saban defense I've seen, but it's still pretty good. But Trevor Lawrence is still the quarterback for Clemson. As long as he's the quarterback for Clemson, I'm going to go out and say that they're going to win the national championship. And if they don't, it's going to be some random team. I am glad. Like UCF. I am glad you brought up Trevor Lawrence. I posted the other day, like, in my, I don't know if you saw this. They started talking about, on ESPN started talking about Trevor Lawrence, and they're like, Trevor Lawrence is better than some of the past three to four year quarterbacks that's in the NFL. I said, whoa, 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 pause, pause, pause. Time out, time out. Huh? This kid ain't played the NFL down yet. And you're saying he's better than NFL players? Huh? They're, they're creating a narrative, Eric. That's what they have to do I, I, for TV. And and I get that. And, and it just, it's my, no, but there's some people that's like, Trevor Lawrence is that dude. And I'm like, ho, 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 time out. This dude hasn't played a snap in NFL. How many, how many times has Mel Kuyper going on and like during the NFL draft, I'm like, this kid is going to be the next Andrew Luck or the next Tom Brady. And then like the guy falls flat on his face. Like they said the same thing about Marcus Mariota. Remember? Yeah. They, they said Marcus Mariota barely makes any mistakes. So one of the smartest quarterbacks, one of the most gifted quarterbacks we've seen in a while, right? Can move with his feet, can move, you know what I mean? He has a pretty solid arm, very accurate passer. Marcus Mariota is a backup quarterback now. Yeah, it, it was just mind blowing, and I get it, and I, and so I was like, all right, am I that? I I didn't like. I I'm not a fan of Trevor Lawrence anyway, so I was like, all right, let me take why I'm not really a fan of him, and let me just kind of see, cause I still don't get the hype. But I was like, let me go back and just look at some of the stats. I I watched the game over the weekend. I think they play like Wake Forest or something like that. This dude. No, did they play Wake Forest? No, they didn't. No, that was week before. They played um They played Miami. This they week. played Miami. He dinked and doinked down the field. And then I started when I when I was like, all right, well, damn, he he he's 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 doing okay. He's but he's dinking and doinking down the field. I'm like, all right, well this dude had great receivers since he's been here. Yeah, yeah. T. Williams, he had uh Justin Ross, so Justin Ross hurt his neck, so he's not playing this year. Yeah. I was like, he had some dudes. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Where was it the dudes? And I'm like, all right, well, this dude's just throwing screens and short passes down. Okay, okay. All right. I okay. And then I'm like, all right, well, let me look back and see how he, I remember, recall his his freshman year. Had one of the amazing years as a freshman. Yeah. And I think, and then it started to, I started to kind of see a trend, and I'm like, you know what? I don't see why the hype is so high for him, and it's because maybe, and I was talking to somebody, maybe he set the bar so high as a freshman, he hasn't done nothing bigger than what he's done as a freshman. But again, I don't see, like, when you talk about a guy being better than NFL talent, you are talking about, like, it's easy to do with Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, 
those guys of the world, because they're so gifted and talented, it shows out on film like that. You just named two Ohio State players. That's bias. (laughs) (laughs) It is. That's that's bias. But those are guys where, when you talk about skill level and dominancy, and, and I think Trevor Lawrence is dominating at the quarterback position to a certain extent, in the college football, but I, I don't think there's much that separates him from Justin Fields, right? And I'm not being biased when I say it. I, I don't think there's much that separates him from from even the guys that came out of the, the uh, college football last year. I don't think he does much that separates himself from those guys that were top picks as a quarterback as well. So I think that's my kind of my right, my gripe on him, maybe, is – I haven't seen nothing that was like, okay, this is an outstanding player, and this dude is a dude. Tua, I saw that with Tua. He got injuries, but you saw Tua being dynamic and explosive and a problem. It was like that could transfer, that could translate to the NFL level. But here's the thing, my bad. One more time. Before I let you you go ahead and go, but then I start thinking about this too. Outside of skill positions, linemen, when you say every position, some of that skill set can translate to the next level. There's one thing that people have to be careful about when crowning a quarterback is the quarterback is about perfect timing. Perfect situation, perfect coach, perfect organization, perfect offensive scheme. That is what makes a quarterback, a quarterback. Look at Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson went anywhere else and they used him anywhere, any any other way, he would have never probably won an MVP. Look at Kyler Murray. If they use Kyler Murray any different than what he's doing now, he probably wouldn't be um, projected to be an MVP voter, getter. You know what I mean? Justin Herbert. This dude is a, this dude, does, they, they said the other day, this dude doesn't even know the playbook for real. But guess what? They do things for him to be successful and that's why he's having success. Buffalo's quarterback, um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, another dude, doing things for him to be successful. You know what they say? We got to do things to be successful for him. To do things for him to be successful. Let's go get Stephon Diggs. Now you got a hell of a target. You probably can't miss this dude because his catch radius is ridiculous. He can take the top off of a defense. You, they, Derek Carr, when when Derek when they play, when Derek Carr is playing at his high level, it's because they do things that helps benefit him to be successful. We talked about um, uh, the Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. When they let him sit out in the pocket, he's no good. That's not what he's accustomed to doing. That's not what he's comfortable doing. When you roll him out and slide the slide the protection and slim the field down in half, this dude can read the defense and throw a ball. 
It's about timing. And I think people have to pause and say, hey, let's see where Trevor Lawrence goes. Because a lot of it is about timing. Joe Burrow shows his skill level is great. But goddammit, it might be timing for them because if they can't protect him, he might not be playing quarterback much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I won't disagree with you. I think a lot of it is, you know what I mean? It's a lot of it's all about the situation, right? But that's that's what almost any player. It, it is, but I think skill, I think every other position your talent can excel regardless of where what where, situation you're in. Yeah. DBs is an exception as well because I think schemes, schemes matter. matter. Schemes matter when you talk about, especially when you talk about corners. Like safeties, eh, you, you can kind of do what you want to do as a safety regardless of the scheme. But I think DBs and quarterbacks are probably the like the biggest situational positions in the game of football. I think linebackers too. I think linebackers, are, it, it depends on where you go. Because, I mean, the different, I mean, obviously, you know, different schemes. They, they, you, like Paul Gunther, he doesn't, he doesn't blitz linebackers out in Oakland, right? Yeah, so, but yeah. But that's just kind of how a scheme is set up. I, I, I get what you're saying. So maybe even linebackers, too, because even when, even then, you, depending on which linebacker, what type of, you know, 5 2, you run, you run a 50, you run a 4 3, you run in a 3 4, um, you run a dime package, nickel package. You may be asking that linebacker to do something that they can't do. Exactly. But everywhere else, I think you, I think at offensive line, I think at defensive line, I think you receivers, running backs, you you can't you you you're not really asking those guys to do something that they can't do. Yeah, no, and that's I mean I I think that's that's extremely true. You know what I mean? But the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, uh, and this is just before we get into the NFL. Uh, start talking about some professional football. I'm, I mean, I like him. You know what I mean. Obviously, I think I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. But I, I, I will agree with you. I don't think it's much that separates him and uh, Justin Justin Fields. Fields. I think Justin, I think Justin Fields is a dynamic player. Like his, he's more gifted, phys, like athletically than than uh. Than uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence, I think, has a, a very high football IQ. You know what I mean? I think that's just from being around Dabo Sweeney. But the one thing that Dabo Sweeney kind of benefited from a lot, Deshaun Watson. Like Deshaun Watson came. Like I don't want to say he kind of started like the foundation of a hey, let's go to Clemson, but he did. Like Deshaun Watson is like. He was like the man. And then the only thing that you could do after that, we got to get the number one quarterback in the country who happened to be Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine, came in. You're right. His his uh, rookie season or his freshman season, he had an amazing uh, had an amazing freshman season. Had a little – I mean, he had some injury. But outside of that, he played fantastic. He ended up winning him a, a national championship, kind of wrote the story for him. If he could have came out last year, he would have. Yeah, I think he would have. And what do you got? Two championships or one? Is yeah, it two? One. Is this one? Just one? But I, I, I mean, he's he's competing for one every year. Yeah. And 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 I get that. And I'm not. I mean, but that that's the culture. I mean, they they're not really. And then I go back to who who are they playing? They play Miami. 
Virginia Tech. And like Florida State is non existent anymore. Haven't been really since James left. Yeah. So I think sometimes like I get caught in that too. It's like these dudes don't play nobody. Yeah, but I mean when they get to the when games get, when where they, get they to do the games where it counts, they, they do. I mean, you can only play the, you can only play the schedule that's ahead. I mean, that, that's your deal. You know but I mean? but to compare the but just to finish this up. But to say like he's better than Burrow, and Burrow clearly showed last year he was the best quarterback on that on that biggest stage. I don't know, dog. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think that's 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 ridiculous. It's like he's better than a pro level right? as when like. Let's give it some time because if he if he comes in and he falls flat on his face, more people are gonna be looking at you and saying, "Ah, remember when you said that he was, you know, he's better than Matt Stafford, but he can't turn the Lions around." You know what right. I mean? And yeah. I, and I think people don't get that as well. Like one, a player coming in won't, especially in football, like the quarterback coming in won't necessarily just turn the team around. Like they got to do other things too. You know what I mean? Like. First thing they did in uh, Tampa Bay when Tom Brady announced that he was going there, they shored up the offensive line. Well, they made it better. Yeah, they didn't do that for Jameis. They did. They weren't. They weren't gonna do it for Jameis. They didn't go out and get two, three running backs. No, they and they weren't gonna do it for Jameis because they expected Jameis to to turn it around single handedly. We get you got Mike Evans now. Make it happen. Like that's that's the approach they took with Jameis. It wasn't let's get you an offensive line to give you more time. No. Let's, we, you got Mike Evans, so you do well with that. If you can't win with Mike Evans and nothing else, then you just won't be here. So, that's what they did. But, now that we, uh, we dive into the NFL, start the NFL talk, man, going into week six. Week five is now behind us. Just like Dak's ankle. But, oh, uh, God. No, and, and this, that, look, it, it's, it's, that, not, it's not to be funny. Uh, that, that's a blow, bro. That, that's, that's not to be funny because, obviously, I mean, injuries injuries are not something to poke fun of. Dak Prescott, you know, definitely wish him the best in his recovery. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's crazy because Dak was, he was having a very impressive season. Dak last year was a top five quarterback. And the the reason that I probably feel as bad as I do is because Dak, not only was he under a franchise tag, but Dak was going for his next big contract. And Dak, you can't, I, I won't say that he deserves Mahomes' money, but he at least deserves 40. Okay. I'm going to go on a small rant, mini rant. Now, how do you feel about you're a Cowboys fan, but how do you feel about Dak being replaced by Andy Dalton? And do you think that if Dalton has success this season and can lead this team to the playoffs, do you think that that takes away from the food on Dak's plate? Or you think Dak's plate is secure with the Cowboys? Well, you walked me right into my rant. Um, I'll tell you this. As a as a Dallas Cowboy fan, as uh, I often buy Dallas Cowboys merchandise that plays into part of how the Dallas Cowboys franchise as a whole um, brings in money. I, as a huge fan 
if they remotely do wrong by Dak Prescott, I am on the I would be on the verge of changing fans, my fandom, and and leaving the Dallas Cowboy fandom. Here's why, and I'll tell you this is flat out. I don't care what happens with Dak Prescott. You you honor and you pay you pay him. He deserved his pay. He outperformed his contract. Um, and going back to the conversation that I talked about Kobe and LeBron and how the Lakers take took care of Kobe. You gotta take care of your star players. If one if if one thing's been known, the Dallas Cowboys at, at some point always take care of their star players, right? Michael Irvin, Troy Eggman, um, Emmitt Smith, they did Zeke, Romo, T.O. to a certain extent, pay-wise, they take care of their guys. You cannot set a standard by saying because you're asking for an additional year or you're asking for a little bit too much money that we're only going to play you on your franchise tag and gamble to, if you get hurt, now it's shame on you. We're going to go ahead and pay you pennies when you wanted dollars, right? Don't come to Dak Prescott asking him to take a pay cut that you wasn't willing to ask him to take before this injury. This dude has shown you that this is probably, arguably, he could be, if he keeps playing at the pace he's playing at, the best quarterback probably that they had since Troy Eggman. He's outperforming what Tony Romo is doing. His win percentage is outperforming what the golden child of Tony Romo did. And if you remotely do him wrong, I am going to be livid. But here's where I think happens. I think regardless of what Andy Dalton does, that was a hell of a signing by the Jones family for signing Andy Dalton. We said it before. We knew COVID was here. If COVID happened and it hit Dak, like it did Cam, Andy Dalton comes in and wins that game because they have a, a good serviceable backup quarterback. I think Dalton wins games. I think Dalton keeps them in contention and probably fight for a playoff spot because of the conference is as bad as it is. It's terrible. It's terrible. But I think they signed Dak Prescott in the offseason. And here's where I think the problem comes. I think Ezekiel Elliott becomes the odd man out. But I think it's in Dak's interest to a certain degree, and I've always thought this, to make sure that not only the receivers that are around him stay there, but that Zeke's there. That continuity of keeping guys there, keeping them in the system, Keeping the system similar, growing that, evolving that, and making it into something is very, I, I, I'm a big fan of. 
So I think if he gets a big deal, Zeke may be an odd man out. That's that's you know it's weird that you bring it up because I was just thinking like who would be the odd man out because I don't know if, if they pay him I don't know if they keep everybody I think Amari Cooper might be the odd man out. Amari Cooper should be one of the odd men out, but let's let's not get it twisted. The first people that should be the odd man out is that offensive line. Tyron Smith, you gone. Bye. You can't play. You ain't played a full season in three, four years. I think that revamped that offensive line, and that's the first that starts. And then it's okay. Where can we go? But I agree. Amari Cooper is a guy. I've said it a couple times on this podcast this season already. They. Because of what CD Lamb's doing, because of what Michael Gallup's doing, he's expendable. Yeah, and, and it's the thing. Amari Cooper, one, is older than both of those players. Two, it is not like Amari Cooper is a bad player, but he's underwhelmingly good. Like, he should be better than what he is. Yes. Like, we saw, what, two years of really, 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 really good Amari Cooper in Oakland. And then it's just, last year he played really good, got him a new contract. But. But he's underwhelmingly good. But he was playing for a new contract. Exactly. He was on pace to not get a deal like he got. He came to the Cowboys and it was a savior. And and, and by far, he helped that offense kind of move forward. But I think this kid, C.D. Lamb, is amazing. There is nothing this kid has not done as a receiver that Amari Cooper can do. His route running ability is, is phenomenal. It's better. It, it's by far better. His ability to see the defense is through the roof. Like, if you see some of the catches that he's making wide open because he sees the zone and knows where to go. And the credit to that is, from what I've read and heard, is Dak Prescott. Like, the, the relationship and the building of that. And you see Dak as a leader and everything else that he does I just can't see why you walk away from a guy who's building something so special with that offense. And he doesn't drop as many passes. But, but man, uh, speaking of people moving on, Le'Veon Bell moved on from the New York Jets. They had, they just released him and then he signs, just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, which I mean, this is, this this is big, right? And this is one thing that I, I was looking at, and I'm really can, thinking about what the decision that the Jets made. This is how you know the organization is bad. This is probably the the best player they've had since who? Darrell Revis? Yep. Or the, 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 I'll say the most notable. The most notable player they've had since Darrell Revis. And you choose to cut him and keep Adam Gaze? No. And Adam Gaze... When they asked him about the Le'Veon Bell situation and Le'Veon Bell being released or being cut, he said, it is what it is. I I don't want my head coach saying it is what it is after the head, after the, the, the best player on the team gets cut. And you know what was funny? Like, he had a smart aleck remark when they asked him about the use of Le'Veon Bell, too. Like, using him properly. He doesn't know. It's Adam Gaze. Man, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. When he showed up to that press conference like he did, they should have got rid of this dude right away. 
Well, first, he shouldn't have never even been at the press conference because he shouldn't have never got the job. But when he showed up like that, I would have been like, dude, let's go get drug tested. Let's go take a test. Because you clearly look like you own something. Well, the people who hired him should have got drug tested. <laughs> that's, that's the people who should have got drug tested. Who, who goes out and hires a head coach with a losing record? Man, I, I just don't. I I am so happy for Le'Veon Bell. Um, to get they kind of get off the Jets because they're just an absolutely terrible organization. Le'Veon Bell set out, demanded money. Got his money, and now is going to a a team. That's a team. That's a contender in a great organization who's shown how they take care of their players. And it it looks like he might be in a running to get a championship out of it. He's done everything his way, and it's worked. It's worked. A lot of people are, you know, I guess, I guess on Twitter calling him the next Kevin Durant because he chose to go to a, a Kansas City Chiefs team that was already a, a, a quote-unquote dynasty in the making. But I'm here to tell you, this dude did what was best for him. He also said, hey, I'm going to go where there's a young goon and running back that can help me. By sparing me and making sure that I'm not I'm I'm out there less, but doing performing at a high level, and then we have the one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Patrick Mahomes. That was a no brainer. Oh, and one of the and just deciding to have one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL, Andy Reid. Right. I mean, that when they when they talked about it today, and it was like, all right, it's Bills, Miami, Kansas City, and I'm like, well, by Miami, you're you're not even in the running. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't think he would honestly go to Miami. I thought right. the I thought he would honestly end up with the Bills. I thought the Bills would have been because it's a closer move for him um, from New York. Go go up, go upstate, go to Buffalo. But it was like, okay, Buffalo, yeah, yeah, okay. It was like Kansas City. That's a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't you go to Kansas City? <laughs> you know what I mean, like especially as a, as a running back. No, it makes sense, especially when you when you deal with injuries and you know I don't have to go here and be the workhorse. I honestly thought that he would entertain and that the organization would entertain him going back to Pittsburgh. That was my first initial th- thought. It wasn't bad blood like an Antonio Brown deal. It was more of a we're just not going to pay you. Business didn't work out. But now, I mean, he the money don't matter this year. He still owe money from the Jets. Which, 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 speaking of money from the Jets, this is crazy, right? And I was, uh, I was watching NFL Network, and they were talking about uh, the situation or whatever. And they were like, "Yeah, so in the eighteen games that he appeared in, he made twenty eight million dollars just off of that." That's how much he. That's how much he he made just playing, having to play, just playing eighteen games with the Jets. And you see them games. I I didn't watch him as much last year. I had him on fantasy, or I didn't see him as much this year. I had him on fantasy last year, and you just see what he was able to do 
because of their offense and what they were doing was just terrible. You like, you guys aren't even using this guy right. And part of the problem, there's another guy who they said was going to be great, Sam Darnold. What is Sam Darnold doing for them? But what did you just say earlier, though? You said it's about timing, right? And coaching in the situation. Yep. What was the last quarterback to have a winning record behind Adam Gaze as oh. in the NFL? I don't think he had one. He didn't. Okay. He's always been a bottom-of-the-bear coach. Why? Do, how do you continue to get jobs as a bottom-of-the-bear coach? Your your team is always in the top five, top ten in, in drafts every year. How? How do you get a job? Look, I, I'm, this I'm, dude must know some people that know some people. Because there is no way in hell I'm hiring that dude as a coach. But it's also like, what do we what did we expect from the Jets, right? At some point, uh, some some teams want to be good. Some teams are confused, and then some teams are just bad. At some point, though, when you're when you're when you're in New York, at some point you have to sit here and say, both of these teams are terrible. The Jets and the Giants. Which which one of us is gonna make a like like try to to ch- turn it around? The Giants will before the Jets. Obviously, because of what the things that the, the, the Jets are doing. But it's like you have a chance to to win more fandom by trying to win and and show and prove you're the better team in the in in New York. And you don't even you you don't do it. What it, I mean, I think the thing that will hurt me the most, the fact that they just cut him, like, at least try to see what trade value is out there, which I'm not saying that they didn't, but they probably wanted, like, a first-round pick or a second-round pick. Like, no, go get, like, a, a third and a fifth-round pick right. for Le'Veon because you just letting him, you're cutting him and getting nothing. you rather get something in return than nothing, right? And then, not only in a trade, you can also see if those guys would absorb some of that they money for, yeah. for, for this season. Did you, the guaranteed money that you owe him. Like it just it 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 just don't make sense, dog. That there, I, I I can't believe that we have teams in the NFL right now that are just now trying to win. Yeah, no. Nah, but uh, speaking of winning, uh, I think we should go ahead and we can dive into some picks. Uh, obviously, you know, with COVID and everything, it messed up the schedule a little bit for NFL games uh, this upcoming week, but. Yep, so we don't have no Thursday night game tonight, man. Nope. None. Nope. I was sad. Yeah, I, I'm not. I actually was. I was sad. Well, you get two You get two games on Monday now. So I think that'll, that'll cheer you up. Come Monday, you'll be happier. So No, I mean, I probably <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be pissed because we play at 815 and we play the Cardinals. And um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that if that defense doesn't show up. Well, we can go down a list and then uh, we because we actually we missed, we missed out on it last week, uh, so we apologize for that. But we are back for week six. It's time to go rapid uh, picks. Rapid picks. Um, man, first game up: Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm going Houston. I think Tennessee on the short end week, and also the fact that all their players won't be there because still I think two or three players out due to COVID, and I think Houston just. I think Houston has a new life. You know what I mean? No more, no more Bill O'Brien. So I think that they take it. Uh, second game, 
Cincinnati at Indy. Who you I taking? Got Indy. Give me Indy. I, I think that the defense is too good. And the Bengals just the Bengals defense is too bad. Like one defense is too good, the other defense is too bad. Like since he has a pretty good offense, but the Colts have a better defense. The Colts have a pretty average offense with a bad quarterback. Bengals defense is just terrible. So I'm taking the Colts. Uh, Vikings, Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Vikings. I don't think we have to talk about that, right? Yeah, I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say, we didn't talk about Dan Quinn being fired. Yes! <laughs> we spoke it into existence. I think we're probably one of the only platforms that spoke this into existence. From like week two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, next game, New England at Denver. I got New England. Uh, Give me New England. I, I I mean, Jake Lockett. I mean, unless uh, the the kid that was the quarterback from uh, um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Cam's back. Cam's back. Yeah, New England wins. Uh, then we got the Washington football team versus the Giants. Shit ball. Um, if Chase Young is playing, I'm taking Washington. Oh, because Alex Smith will probably be the quarterback. I'm gonna take Giants. Oh, okay. I'm taking. I'm taking Washington. Uh, Philadelphia at Baltimore. Bmo. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore, and I, you know, unfortunate Does for my hurt? unfortunate. Does it pain for, you? It, it doesn't pain me because I every time I think about the Super Bowl, I feel a little bit better. Uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Give me Pittsburgh. Why would I go against Pittsburgh at home? Uh, Chicago at Carolina. The Bears or the Panthers? I am going to go with the Bears. I'm I'm a big supporter of Teddy Bridgewater and what he's doing in Carolina, but I think the Bears have, have some stuff going on. Regardless of the, the quarterback situation, they really don't need – they just need the quarterback to not lose the game, and I think they win the game. I'm going with Chicago, too. I think the defense is very underrated. And I like Carolina, but I kind of I think Matt Rule is the one trick pony. It, I mean, it worked against the Falcons. It won't work against the Bears. Uh, Carolina, at, I'm not Carolina, but uh, Jacksonville at Detroit. Damn, another terrible game. Um, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. I still not a fan of Detroit and what they're doing, and they they just don't have an identity. So I think I'm, I'm gonna stay with Jacksonville. Matt Patricia is not winning a lot of games. No. He will win this game. I'm going with the Lions. <laughs> I'm going with the Lions. I think Matt Stafford has to get this win. And Matt Patricia may need to get this win. He's <laughs> another guy we're speaking to existence. Yeah, no, Matt Patricia, if, if if he can't get some solid wins by, like, in the next three weeks, he's out. I, I foresee that coming. Uh What's that? What we got next? We got the Jets at Miami. Another shit game. Oh, give me Miami. Give me Miami because they look good against the 49ers and it's the Jets. So <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't think I need another reason. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just give me Miami. Uh, I should have flexed this game to the night game. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Who are you taking? That should have been a night game. Give me Green Bay. The be- the the better quarterback wins. 
the better team is going to win, and that team is Green Bay. They got a better defense. Aaron Rodgers can throw to the, the post. He can throw to the mailman. He can throw to a UPS man. It don't matter who out there. He going to throw it to them. As long as they open and they catch the ball, it's a reception. So uh, then we got the Sunday night game. L.A. Rams versus San Francisco 49ers. Give me the Rams. Give me the 49ers. I think that the, I think that they bounce back. I Whoa. think I think Raheem. I, I think um, Mostert. I think he'll have a big game over 100 yards rushing, two TDs. Uh, and I just think Jimmy Garoppolo got to get that sauce back, and I think he's gonna get it back Sunday. Monday night, two games. First game up, Kansas City at Baltimore or at Buffalo. I am going to go with Kansas City. Kansas City took a loss this week. Um, so they hopefully bounce back and show their dominancy and uh, get that offense rolling because it's, it's been a little stagnant. Yeah, I think that this game is going to look very, very mirroring as far as like the way that the offenses are ran. But I think, I mean, nothing's better than the originator, so give me Kansas City. All right, and then the final game on Monday night, Arizona at Dallas. Surprisingly enough, I'm actually going to say Dallas. Okay. And, and Dallas, just quickly, because now Andy Dalton is back in Texas at home playing and probably his family will be there um, starting for the Cowboys, probably something he grew up to do. It, it'll be a story, um, and uh, I think that he wins that game. All right, well, I, I don't have a, a long story about why my team is going to win, but I'm taking Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cowboys don't play good defense, and the Cardinals play pretty good offense, so they'll win. And the fact that they run the spread like the entire game, and they run like four or five wide receivers for seventy-five percent of the game is going to kill the Cowboys because they play three linebackers in every single <laughs> every single uh, defensive snap. So uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. That hurts. Yeah, but, I mean, we didn't get to talk about it a lot, which we don't have to stay on it long. But, yeah, Dan Quinn being fired, man, like, I don't even think that Dan Quinn's a bad head coach. I think that really the thing that hurt him, they never got over the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. They never did. And I think, ultimately, like, that's he wasn't fired for the, the start of the season. He was really fired for losing that Super Bowl. I don't care what he was fired for. He needed to be gone. Yeah, no, and that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you ever date a girl and y'all broke up because she just, like, she's not a bad girlfriend, but you just broke up with her. Like, look, I know that I know that I ain't, I'm not going to give you a ring. I'm about to just break up with you so I can go out and play the field. That's, like, that's what this was. <laughs> that's that's exactly what this was. Like, Dan, like, Dan Quinn, you're not a bad head coach. But like things got stale, like it's the end of it's the end of, of this relationship. It has to be over. Like those things are necessary. I broke up with a girl one time. Just I won't go into details why we broke up, but we broke. She wasn't a bad girlfriend. She wanted to marry me, but I knew that it wasn't going. It wasn't happening. It got stale. We let's let's move on. The whale ran dry. Not. Not literally, but, you know, figuratively speaking, like the whale ran dry, like. So, 
No, like, <laughs> and that's what and that's what this was. Like they like they need a breath of fresh air. Like the Falcons need like a okay, let's go get a new identity. And pretty soon they got to move on from Julio. Not you know what I mean? Julio's he's he's an older receiver now. They're gonna have to move on from Matt Ryan. He's an older quarterback. They can't they don't they can't keep the same identity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I hear you. That's that's why every time you pay your car off, you usually have to get a new one because it's, it's it's look, it's not a bad car, but it's just time to move on. That's all. Just be mindful of some of your analogies and, and who may be listening to the podcast. No, I'm just I'm I'm mindful of who everybody has relationships. <laughs> everybody done been in a relationship where like the person they significant other wasn't bad, but it just it was time to move on. But you you broke down a, a specific like. Never mind. Let's let's just carry it. Let's carry. <laughs> but uh, hey, episode twenty four was pure gold. I, I, this is probably the most fun I I had doing the pod in a, in a minute. Yeah, I, even though I have fun every week, but like I, I had a, a huge amount of energy for this pod just because I wanted to I wanted to get a lot of things off my chest, and I think I did. Did Philly win last week? Philly did not win last week. So, so did you get that off your chest? <laughs> yeah, I got it off my chest. I got it off my chest. Not here, right? Huh? Not here, just just off your chest. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. In general. And, and how, how do you feel? That ledge? Are you closer? I'm not because they lost to a better football team. If they lost to a worse football team, like I would be like a, a loss is a loss. A loss is a loss. Okay. But I mean, this is a team that's they're not going to be very good this year. They're not. If they win six games, I might be happy with that. They're not a very good football team. So, so let's revisit this real quickly. Do they win? Do they win a division? Yeah, because they'll probably win seven games. They'll win a division, and they'll be seven, eight, and one. Okay. The Cowboys will probably be six and ten. Yeah, th- this game this week is going to really be the telltale of how Andy Dalton does with this horrible offensive line and. Um, the weapons that he do have around him. Yeah, I mean, if if COVID doesn't take the season, I foresee the Eagles winning the division, and they'll get into the playoffs uh, again. A, a year in which they don't deserve to be there, but they'll find a way to get there. And towards the end of the year, Carson Wentz will probably end up playing better, and then everybody will stop talking about the stuff that they were talking about. Either that, or he'll get hurt, and then they'll start winning. So either way it goes, they're gonna start winning. It just won't be this week. Okay, I, I just. But I will say this though. They will play they will play the Ravens stuff. They played the Steelers stuff. They will play the Ravens stuff. Yeah, the Ravens offense has kind of been like uh, Ravens and the Chiefs are two offenses that have been very, very stagnant the past couple weeks. Yeah, but I I'll tell you the reason that they'll win big because they have like they play uh guys in the slot a lot, like the good guys, and then Mark Andrews. Like the tight ends for the Eagles are terrible. So they'll and Lamar Jackson plays a lot better when he can throw down the middle than when he has to throw outside the numbers. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're going to get the running game back going, too. They, there's no reason why Mark Ingram and, and Dobbins are not going crazy. I, I can't see why. Well, it's because I think that they're they're throwing the ball a lot more this year with Lamar. Like, Lamar Jackson winning the MVP doesn't mean you should overuse him. You know what I mean? That means that he has the potential to be the best player in the NFL. Or the best quarterback in the NFL, and you should utilize 
his strengths more than you just utilize him or overuse him. So that's it. But uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, no, I'm good, man. Uh, continue to just uh, we'll, we'll go vote, right? We gotta vote. Voting is up. Um, early voting is probably either here or there for most of uh, the states. Um, if you haven't already voted, make sure you go ahead and exercise your right to vote. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, voting is important, and I think that. You know, it's an opportunity for you to speak up as a U.S. citizen. You know, you got to. Con- and also this. It's more important that you vote on the, the uh, people in like in your local government than people in, in the national government. You know what I mean? So the, the people who you vote locally, they matter more because they kind of control what's going on in your neighborhood. Like those are like those are like. So don't only vote for the president, but also go out and, and you know, do your do your research before you vote, but also make sure that you're you're more aware of your local government than the federal government. We stumbled on a topic that I forgot to bring up, and just quickly, I heard that this is the first time Shaq's voting. Possibly. No, he's he out of his mouth. He said he, this is the first time he's voting. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot of guys like who are professional athletes. There's a lot of black people in general who just don't vote. Like, I, I was amazed. Like, like dog, why? Like, when, when, I talk, when I look at Shaquille O'Neal, and this is far outside of – I'm not even talking about sports, right? When I talk about him and I look at him and, I, and the name comes to my mind, it's not basketball. This dude does – so much stuff off off the court, right? He's like a he a sheriff too, right? He, he was like a sheriff, a doctor, like like this dude does so much, and to be that in tune as a as a person, business savvy wise, and as a person to just want to grasp and learn so much more, just in general in this world. I would have thought he would have been a person who would have voted before this. This would have been his. Why? Why this is your first time? Yeah, I mean, I could, look. I could go out here and tell you it's a it's a thousand reasons why I wouldn't vote, but you know, it's, it's also a thousand reasons why I do vote. You know what I mean? And I Got think to. it's important. And I think this election probably more so than ever. You know, this can this can literally change the course of history. I know they said it about every election. Like I think the 2008 election, it definitely did, but this one can as well. Like you know what I mean. And it's we look. We just have four years of Donald. Do you want four more? You know what I mean. And look, everything that that's brought. You know what I mean. And even if you you know, even if you're not a fan of you know the other guy who's you know vote for somebody. Even if you got to vote for Michael Jordan, you can do a right in. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just putting that no, out there. No, I hate that. Um, I, I I am against that. Um, every couple days we get a damn tweet from Kanye saying, "Look at my friend, they wrote me in." Like, oh yeah, I, I'm against that. <laughs> he got votes in Kentucky. <laughs> right, like, I, I'm against that. Like, vote for the people who will be there. Um, if you gotta figure out who it is um, that you want to, do your research. And, and, and vote. 
Like that that's a right that we're um we have and we need to make sure that we we use it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, that's one thing that I think a lot of people need to be more aware of. You know, it's a lot of people who fought and died for not you know, not not just for uh, you know, but women, it was one time that they couldn't vote. African Americans, one time they couldn't vote. You know what I mean? It was one time when people who were of a certain class couldn't vote no matter the uh the race or religion so you know people just need to be aware of that and go out and vote um or as diddy would say vote or die so but yeah outside of that you got anything else you want to say no i'm good man all right just continue to keep following us on you know social media we're gonna try to continue to make sure that we grow this podcast and and do the things that uh to, to get some good experiences for our, our listeners. Oh, yeah. Also, got to shout out the guy who did our new logo. We got a yes. new logo. Yes, new logo. Ronnie, um, kid I, I coached in high school football, man. Um, shout out to him. Uh, we'll have his Instagram uh, listed in our, on our Instagram page. Um, he's going to do all of our artwork uh, going forward for all of our podcasts that we post. Um, so it, it, it'll be a good, good, good thing, good experience for him. And, um, if you need any logos or anything like that, go check him out. Also, we got to have him on a podcast one episode. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. I mean, he does like cartoon sketches. Like this kid is, is absolutely a genius. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to drawing and doing things like that. So yeah, we definitely got to get him on a podcast. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 24. It's been a special one. Um, and also thank, I want to thank Eric. Just, you know, 24 great episodes, a tunnel vision podcast. Couldn't, I couldn't, too, my brother. I couldn't have done it alone. So, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, just continue to listen, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. It's tunnel underscore viz underscore pod. Uh, until next time, I'm out.